Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, with Christmas and the New Year behind us, we're returning to our expository preaching series through the book of Mark. We dive back in at the beginning of chapter 5, and we'll go through verses 1 through 20, well, eventually. The miracles of Jesus included casting demons out of demon-oppressed and even controlled people. So Pastor Jim will park on this passage for three weeks, this week being the first, to teach through the passage and at the same time answer perplexing questions such as, what about demons today? Do they still possess people? Should we fear them? Can I be possessed by demons? And who casts demons out today? All of this and more will be dealt with, all answers coming from Scripture over the course of this week and the next two weeks to come. Here is today's portion of the message entitled, Jesus's Power Over Demons, Part 1. There is the town of Garasa, right, a small village right on the sea, and then just a little bit inland from there is sort of like the, the county seat, and it was a larger city called Gadara. So is it the region of the Gerasenes, or is it the region of the Gadarenes? Yes, it is. It's both. It'd be like saying Lewis and Clark came to the region of Cuna or they came into the region of Boise. Which would be accurate? Both, because Cuna is a subset of the greater Boise area. Now, the problem with my illustration is there were neither Cuna nor Boise when Lewis and Clark came through, okay? So, bad illustration, but you get the point. Now, they arrive... There's a welcoming committee, and it was not sent by the Chamber of Commerce or the Tourist Commission of Garasa or Gadara. Look at verse 2 into verse 3. When he got out of the boat, immediately, there's Mark's favorite word, immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him, and he had his dwelling among the tombs. Now, it was, it was common in those days for uh, burial chambers, tombs, to be carved into hillsides, kind of like you know, storing your books on shelves. You can carve into there and, and have a burial chamber for the body or eventually an ossuary, that's just the bones that are, that, are, that are kept there. We have a lot of uh, examples of those in uh, the world of archaeology. And that was likely the case by the Sea of Galilee near Garasa. And there is indeed an archaeological site in that region that, that fits this description. So all makes sense. Now this man from the tombs ran to meet Jesus. Mark says it was a man. And here's another one where you have to harmonize the gospel. Matthew makes it clear that there were two men. Obviously, one of them was the more dominant. Even Matthew, who mentions the two, eventually focuses in on the one. Mark and Luke only mention the one who did all the talking for both of them after their initial cry out to Jesus. Now, this man and his companion was possessed by an 
unclean spirit. Unclean spirit is one of several terms to describe a demon. It's not like there are clean demons and dirty demons. They're, they're all unclean, but different adjectives describe them. Demons are angels who fell with their leader, Satan, when he rebelled against God. They're all wicked. They're all opposed to God. And they're all opposed to everyone who loves God. The, the adjective unclean emphasizes the, the moral filthiness and the total corruption which demons often plunge many of their victims into. Now, sometimes demons, the general strategy is, appear as angels of light. You know, look, look nice on the outside, but sometimes you see the open, vicious wickedness. If I had to propose a theory about it, I would say that, that demons are rather sparing about this kind of possession because they want people to think that's all that there is when somebody's demon possesses, somebody like this guy or these, or, or these guys, when in fact, demons mostly act very respectable, fly under the radar, and infiltrate good places. They come where every church is. There is a demonic attack constantly, relentlessly, never changing. And some of them you can't tell. Many of them you can't tell. Now, these guys were dwelling among the tombs. That was what became in that culture of the most violent and demented people. They didn't have uh, chemical ways to control them or any such thing. And if they weren't dead or killed, dead by their own actions or killed, um, they, they would be outcasts. Uh, they were more comfortable with the dead than with the living. And the living were obviously happy to not encounter men like this any more than they had to. By all standards of humanity, these men were monsters. Think of the very worst that you've ever heard of. That, that's these guys. There was no evidence in them of a conscience. There was no respect for property, no respect for dignity, no respect for other people. As a matter of fact, Matthew eight twenty-eight in Matthew's description of this, it says, they were so extremely violent that no one could pass by that way. I don't think during the time that those guys were there, anybody did a graveside service at that cemetery. I'll bet an alternate cemetery sprung up on the other side of town for anybody who died while they were around. And by the way, if you think the picture isn't ugly enough, skip over to Luke's description. Luke 8, verse 27, he describes it this way. When he got out onto the land, he was met by a man from the city who was possessed with demons and who had not put on any clothing for a long time and was not living in a house but in the tombs. Public nakedness is a, a sign of moral debauchery. Uh, these men essentially lived as wild animals. I, I can only imagine their, their physical appearance, how awful it must have been, how how frightening to, to look at. Now, one of the characteristics which often accompanies demon-possessed people 
not only as we read in this passage and a, and a few others, but uh, also from experiences that um, missionaries have had in, in places where there is uh, open demonic activity. One of the characteristics that's often seen is extreme strength and violence. I mean, this guy was even stronger than me. People were afraid of these men for, for good reason. As I said, Mark and Luke are going to focus on the one who was the spokesman. Look at it in the middle of verse 3 through verse 5. And no one was able to bind him anymore. Now what does the anymore tell you? Well, probably as this got rolling, he was, cont- he was contained, he was confined, he was, he was bound. But now they couldn't bind him even with a chain because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been torn apart by him and the shackles broken in pieces. And no one was strong enough to subdue him. Constantly, night and day, he was screaming among the tombs and in the mountains and gashing himself with stones. If this isn't the portrait of human ugliness at its worst, it's topped off with the idea of self-mutilation. Gashing himself with stones? Who, who would do that? I mean, we know in our culture when, when someone is cutting themselves, him or himself or herself, that's an extremely serious problem. And you've got to get to the bottom of that. And this guy was constantly doing this. You can imagine he was using stones. Can you imagine how, how much infection there must have been? How many, how many improperly healed wounds? And he's, and he's running around naked and he's sunbaked and, the, and, and his beard not trimmed and his hair disheveled. And you can only imagine the wild look in his eyes and this screaming that could be heard for who knows how far away. This man was in the worst possible condition a human being can be. Luke tells us that the demons sometimes drove him out from the tombs into the nearby desert. They would still hear his voice reverberating. It would carry from so far away. Well, that's the man from the tombs. Now we're set up to see the power of Jesus. We'll get started here before we finish today. As if the description of this man or these two men isn't enough, look what happens when Jesus shows up. Go to verse 6. Seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran up and bowed down before him and shouting with a loud voice. He didn't come up and talk to Jesus. He ran up and screamed at Jesus. What business do we have with each other, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God, do not torment me. I think he was kind of tormented already. Just by the presence of the Son of God. For he had been saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. So there's a verb tense there that's it's, it's the... Imperfect tense. Jesus had been saying this. He was saying this to the guy. So the guy's running down the hillside to meet the boat, screaming at Jesus. And Jesus is saying, come out of him. Come out, you demon. Demons, get, get out of him. 
Now they're face to face and the man is screaming at him. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.